Today, uh, in this sermon series, I, I, I wanna, in this sermon today, I want to talk, all I want for Christmas is uh, love. And I want to start with the question, what is love? And don't tell me, baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> baby, don't hurt me no more. <laughs> I know you were thinking about that. <laughs> You're laughing, eh? But what is love? And uh, actually, uh, we will say love is a choice. It's not based on just an emotion. It's complex. It's committed. Uh, it's to be able to understand this, we need to understand from the view from the love of God towards us. And actually, English doesn't help us too much to understand the meaning of the word love. We say, oh, I love my car, I love my video game, but also I love my family. Uh, uh, so it's different kinds of love. We can, you can be eating an ice cream and you say, oh, I love this ice cream. And it's different to say, I love this ice cream, that I love uh, my wife, my husband, or I love my mom or my dad or my son or my daughter. It's different. And actually, the Bible described, uh, and, and the, when it was written, the Bible was written in, in New Testament in Greek. And, uh, and in, in, the, in Greek, there's different types uh, of meaning for the word love. And the love that we're going to talk today is the love of God that is translated in, the, in our Bible as a love agape. And love agape uh, express uh, this love is not an emotional way. It refers to uh, love, which means it's, it's not born out of emotions or feelings or familiarity or attractions from, uh, from the will or as a choice. Agape requires faithfulness, commitment, and sacrifice without expecting anything in return. That's the love when say God love you for who you are. It is that love agape the, the Bible refers. It's no, it's no uh, as long you're good, God love you. It's not that. Uh, God love you for who you are. There's no, it's commitment, faithfulness. There's, it's sacrificial. And it's not expecting anything in return anything in return. And that is, in our minds, many times that is hard to understand how somebody can love me or I can love someone not expecting anything in return. We always expect something. And to be able to understand the love of God toward us and this idea that all I want for Christmas is to be loved, to understand love, I need to understand why God loved me so much. In John 3, 16, uh, John is saying this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave, his own, he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For this is how God loved, love agape. It's a choice. Guys, God is choosing to love us. So from creation, God created uh, the world, created humankind, men and women. 
And God have this relationship with men and women and, and, and will walk with them and talk to them and, and they can access to God freely. When sin came to men and women, that relationship was broken. So for many years, hundreds and thousands, uh, thousands of years, the, the, to access to God, it, it had to go through different process. Now we celebrate Jesus as Jesus coming to earth because that relationship has been restored. And it's restored from the sense when we repent ourselves, we repent from our sins, we can come to God and we can have this amazing relationship with God. God loved the world, us. It's not expecting anything back. And Jesus expressed this love in many different ways. And after the sermon, we're going to have communion. I'm going to pray, and, and then you can, the elders are going to come here to the front, and, and they're going to serve communion. The worship team is going to be playing a song, and you can take your cup, and you can take your cup and, and, and the, the, the bread at your place, and you can take communion when you sit down. And, and you're going to understand Jesus saying before he died, he said, do this and remember some me. And, meaning, I'm, I'm giving myself for you because I love you. You know, to understand love, we need to know that God loves us for who we are and not for what we do or what we did in the past. And this is one of the hardest things to accept when we, when we become a Christian is that God loved me for who am I? Oh, did I miss something? Did God doesn't know how bad I've been? He doesn't know what I did this week. God doesn't know what I did last week or have done all my life. Yes, he does. He does know what you did. That's why he loved you. And First Corinthians, Paul, First Corinthians 13, Paul describes these qualities of, of love. And, and these are the fruit of the Spirit also replicating us. As we look more like Jesus, you say, Jorge, wait a minute, you look more like Jesus. <laughs> yes. I, I, maybe Jesus didn't have a beard, being this, this short, or... Um, maybe didn't have an accent like me, but this idea of looking more like Jesus, having the, the attitude of Jesus, how Jesus saw the world, how we interpreted the world, how we treat others. So Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 13, saying this, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or, or uh, boastful, I hope I say that right, or proud, or rude, it does not demand its own way, it's not irritable, and, and it keeps no record of being wrong. I love that part. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoice whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. I love that part too. Never lose faith. I love that part. It's always hopeful. It endures through every Circumstances endures through every circumstances. You know, one of the issues of Christmas is that everyone is thinking about family, and maybe you're thinking, Oh, yeah, I need to sit down with my mother in law. 
oh my goodness, I got to go sit down with my uncle, or I had to go here, oh, family reunion. I have to pretend that I'm happy. <laughs> and you can think in all that, and you can, sure, you can have that attitude and to go there. But the reality is, there's areas in our lives that we don't like it. And we don't like to talk about it. We don't want to mention it, because who want to be reminded how bad we were? Who want to be reminded of all our mistakes? Who wants to be reminded of those terrible things we did when we hurt other people? I don't. The problem is, in my low moments, when I'm under, when I'm being attacked, when, I'm, when I feel depressed, when I feel um, that nothing is working, that's what the enemy does. We feel that nobody will care about me or about us. Nobody will care. And that is not true. The Bible says that love is patient. You know, one thing is not being a Christian and not coming to that point to recognize that you are a sinful man, a sinful woman, and you have done wrong, and you come to Jesus and say, Jesus, um, forgive me for what I have done, and you can name it, and you can say it, and Jesus will forgive you. The other thing is when you are a believer, and you can fall into the same patterns and patterns going back. And you're trying to be good. My son used to have a shirt when he was little. And he said, I tried to be good, but I got distracted. And, and, and that was the phrase that it will describe my life. And many times I tried to be good. I tried to do what is right, but I got distracted. And therefore... I do the opposite. And one of the hardest things is we understand there as a believer is that like we can come here and say, nobody cares. Nobody wants me. Nobody wants to hang out with me. If people find out how bad I am, they will push me away. That is not true. If you're thinking that way, I tell you that is not true. Because God is telling us something completely different. Love is patient. It doesn't keep any record. Love never gives up. Never. And that is a, it's a choice. It's a love agape. The, the Bible is telling us the love of God working is a never is going to give up. I can give up on a circumstances. Have you ever said, uh, maybe you have somebody in your life that always does something to you and affects you. Maybe it's a relative, it's a friend, somebody you know, and, and, and they say, hey, that person is always affect me, always uh, hurt me, and I try to help them, and he, he will go again and again and again. And probably we have said many times, this is the last time. Have you ever said that? This is the <laughs> No, sorry. This is the last time I do this. And I will never again, I'm going to offer help. I'm done. 
I'm done. I'm done with this moment, and that's with this, this person. I, I, I give him my time. I give him my money. I give him, I, I'm all in, and I'm done. That person failed me. How dare him? How dare her? You know, it, it, you can go on and on. And probably you have more colorful words to refer to that person and to that moment. And we give up. And proudly, and we say, you know, I'm done. Uh, and and we, we say, that person, or oh, I have burned all these bridges. How do you say that? I, I've been that boat many times. Many times. And when I understand that God never looked back, and I understand that God is doesn't want to give up in that moment, it brings a relief in my life. I know that, I talk about that, I'm saying it right now, but the reality is, you know what, there's moments I, I don't believe that. And those are the moments when I'm down. That, that's the moment when I feel I, I fall into the same pattern of this world, and I feel nobody cares, nobody wants to deal with me, as people find out how bad I am, I'm going to let all these people down. In Christianity, it's not about letting people down. That's, you're missing the point. Christianity is to understand that God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son for us. I want for Christmas to understand that I'm loved, that God loved me. In, 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 in Matthew 1, the angel is talking to Mary and said, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. Oh, that sounds so nice and so beautiful. God with me, when everything is working good, when everything is about rainbows and everything is fine and I'm happy that yeah, God is with you. God is with you and the blessing. God is with you at church when lifted up your hands. But you know what? God is with you and your mess. What? God is with you when you feel when you are alone and nobody cares. What is with you when you're going back to addiction? You think nobody's watching. You're pretending God is there with you. When God is with you when you get angry and you say, oh, I, I messed it up again. I shouldn't say this. God is with you when you are alone, walking alone, and you say nobody cares. God is with you when those thoughts come to your mind that you should end your life. And nobody will miss you. God is there with you. And probably saying to you at that moment, I care for you. You are loved. You are the reason why I came. Jesus always had this issue with when it came to people. People, Jesus hang out with the wrong crowd. That's one of the best things that I love about Jesus. The, 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 the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, let's say, these were the pastors of the moment. 
This was the, the guys who were, to be a teacher of the law, you have to memorize the whole Torah, you, everything, you know it. To be a, a very smart, so these people are, are coming, they're hearing about Jesus, they're hearing about his teaching, and, but there's something that's wrong about this. The teaching seems challenging, but how come a teacher, a master, is surrounded with all these kind of people? What kind of people? Luke 15 said that Jesus was hanging out with tax collectors and sinful men. That's my people. That's my people. Sinful people. How you, Jesus, you are pure, you're a teacher, you, you are set apart, can hang out with these kinds of people. And people was confronted with this. And I'm going to read you Luke 15, 11. Um, let me grab my water. I'm going to read you this. And uh, if you don't understand my reading, it's okay. I forgive you. But the, 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 the scripture will be on the screen. If you're watching online, it, it will be there too. And Jesus has been challenged about this. And Jesus said this. To illustrate this point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. This was very offensive. That was very offensive for a son to ask that because it's not honoring his parents, one of the commandments on the law. So everyone, when Jesus said this, everyone is like, ooh, that's bad. So a few days later, verse 13, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, Linden. And there he wasted all his money and while living. Linda, right? Uh, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept out over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer, see? He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man, and the man sent him into his field to feed the pigs. See? Linden. The young man became so hungry that even the pot he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. No one gave him anything. Now, pig farmers and farm, that was like the worst for a Jewish man. That was the worst of the worst that you, the lowest can get because it's a big no-no. I can tell you more about it later when, when you and I drink coffee. When he finally came to his sense, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servant have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please, take me, take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love, 
this agape, what I just told you, filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I give you, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servant, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring of his finger and sandal for his feet and, and kill the calf uh, we have been uh, fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of man was dead and was now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house and asked one of the servants, what is going on? Your brother's back, he was told. On your father was killing the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and it wouldn't go, on, go in. And his father came out and begged him. But he replied, all this year I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And all, in, 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 in all that time, you never gave me one of the younger goat for a feast with my friends. Yet, when this son of yours come back, after squandering your money on prostitute, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We have to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Okay. Jesus was referring to me in this story. I don't know about you. When I read this story, it reminds me of myself. Maybe it reminds you yourself how many times you've been the prodigal son. Maybe you are right now the prodigal son. And you went and, and you spent your time by doing everything against God. But in one moment you come to your sense and you're thinking, God wants me, God loves me. Over there I will have everything. And you come back and he practiced. And the father loved him and welcomed back. He, the father is not from Chile who will say, well, 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 look here who's back. Finally, I've been waiting for this moment. Just go down on your knee and ask for forgiveness. The father come, you have to understand, he was with the pigs. He's not clean. Doesn't smell good. That represents everything bad we have done. That represents our condition. And the father welcomed him and kissed him. 
And you will probably say, gross. But when you love your son, when you find your son, you find out he's alive, he's coming back home, you don't, don't, you don't care about how stinky he is and the condition. You care that his son is back. When people come to this church, we don't care how about you, how you're going to dress. We care that you show up, you're here. And you come here and people have said, who come to church? People worse than you, I say. But it's not true. It's not true. Because when people find out who we are and why we are here, we understand that we are here not because we are so good, because we had life right, we have figured out life. We are here because we understand that God loves us for who we are, that God sent his son to earth for us so we can have that relationship. And I'm not here to prove you how good I am and look at me and watch me how I do, how I live my faith. I'm here to remind you that a broken man, a broken man who loves God can be used by God. If you're here thinking God will never care about me, God will never love me, God will never use me, I will never be good for anything, you're thinking wrong. God loves you for who you are. God wants to use your life. God going to use everything that you have. There's nothing wrong about you. God loves you for who you are. And we're going to remember in a few minutes, when Jesus died on the cross, didn't die just for a few people. He died for everyone because that is love, it's committed, it's faithful. It never gives up. Never. It never gives up. I give up. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He loves you. He wants you. And he's committed for you. He's committed. You might go home. Maybe you, if you struggle with addictions or your mental health, you struggle with something you love, you're thinking, no, no, I'm going to go home and I'm going to be the grumpy guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop drinking again because that's what I do on Sundays. I'm going to go back smoking. I'm going to drugs with my... I, I, I'm done with myself. I'm going to go look, go and look back to, I've I'm, I'm, been trying, and you're telling me that God will never is going to give up on me? Yes. Yes. That's what I'm telling you. God will never is going to give up on you. So what do you want for Christmas? I want for Christmas to accept that God loved me. All I want for Christmas is to know that I'm loved. Is to know that I'm loved. Have the blessing to spend some time with you guys in many different trials. And, and, and I know some of you really struggle with many things. But God loves you. And you know, some people say, how, how? We always thought that God loves us. Should we talk about other things? No, you don't get it. You don't get it. Because that's the whole reason that why Jesus came to earth. That he loved us so much so he can want to restore that relationship. So we come to God and as a broken man, as a broken woman, 
And we come to God and say, God, I, I don't understand this. I don't get this part. I, I don't know how to do this. I, I try, I fail. You can fill the blank and all that. But here I am. I, it's true that you, you love me? It's true that you care? <laughs> so Jesus come to earth and we celebrate that in Christmas. And a few months later, Jesus died. Well, a few months, 33 years later. He died. And that's Easter. And, and, and before Jesus said, I want you to remember why I'm doing all this. So church is not just full of traditions, but good traditions. Our elders are going to come, and they can come now, I guess. Um, they're going to be here in the front. And then as they come, you can take one cup, one piece of bread. If you're uh, uh, gluten-free or uh, there's, there's going to be a bag there, you can take some uh, cookie there that's gluten-free. Um, you're going to take one, and you're going to go back to your seat, uh, to your chair, and, uh, and uh, you're going to sit down there and say, God, do you love me? And as you take the cup and you eat the bread, remember that God loves you for who you are. Heavenly Father, I pray for the cup. I pray for the bread. We sanctify it for you. God, we, we thank you for who you are. God, if there are people here who are struggling in their faith, they're struggling for whatever is going on, like the sun, we want to come back to you. I want to come back to your presence. I want to come back to, to your house where I know I will be safe, where I know you will take care of me. I know you will, we will celebrate together. I know you, you're not going to look back at what I did. You, we will celebrate the, I have come back home. And as we come back home, God, maybe we are hurt. We are broken for what we've done in the past. But I know you will restore us our condition. You give us new clothes. You put in a place of honor. You will celebrate. So God, I pray Whoever is feeling left out, they feel welcome in your house. Thank you so much, God, for your presence. We honor you. And as we take communion, God, we pray that we can think and remember what you did on the cross for us. We honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.